0: Good afternoon. Wilkinson here. So, I don't know, a month ago I put out a blurb on a couple Facebook groups and I said, I need people with interesting stories to come here and I want to chat with them. So, today I have Jason Menino. He's here and he's got an interesting story. In fact, he's got several. It's like we're sitting here, we always talk a couple minutes before the the podcast is recorded and I, I say, you know, what are we going to talk about? And we go down. There's a lot of rabbit holes we could get down here. So we, neither of us have any idea where we're going, but here we are. Say hi, Jason. Hi, it's great to be here. I appreciate your time and your willingness to hear my story. It's going to be a good one. Tell a little about yourself where you grew up. You know, you can go down whatever track you want, but just let my listeners get a feel for you a little bit.
1: All right. Well, I, uh, I'm an East Coaster at heart to be more specific that would be New York, New Jersey. I was born in Brooklyn, raised in South Jersey closer to Philly. I, you know, started my my first passion at that time was uh, in high school was I found theater and performing and that has stuck with me. Throughout my entire life, I call that the longest love affair I've ever had. And then I went to undergrad conservatory at Rutgers and then found my way through some spiritual paths into the West Coast after 23 years of life. And that was started in San Francisco. And I've been on the West Coast for, gosh, since December 1995. The whole, just the entire time I've been between San Francisco and LA and back to San Francisco and then back to
0: LA and now in Palm Springs. (laughs) Now in Palm Springs. We can talk about that tell a little about your family. What what was your situation growing up?
1: Growing up, let's see. We First, I lived in Brooklyn for the first six months of my life. We moved to Pennsylvania and then my dad moved us to Jersey where he opened an Italian restaurant. So was my mom, my dad. I'm the second born of twins with an older brother. So technically the youngest. By the time I was around seven, um, I used to say my dad left us, but that you know, looking back and kind of rearranging the memories to be more based in truth is that my mother changed the locks, which she did for perfectly reasonable reasons. Um, I don't blame her at all at that time. And so, you know, she was raised to be a woman who had children, got married and took care of them. And so she did not have a huge career at that time and was left without a lot of resources and ended up on government assistance and things like that. But I consider her you know, extremely proud to say that she was a classic uh, government resources, quote unquote, to work woman, went back to school, was able to maintain our house, raised three kids, kept the job for 30 years until she unfortunately uh, passed away at 61 in 2000.
0: 2003. Wow, and I'm assuming you're gay because you live in Palm Springs, <laughs> right? <laughs> Safe assumption. And I wasn't.
1: The- and I'm in theater, so oh, that's I mean, no okay. offense to the straight people in the performing arts world, but yeah, well,
0: there. I think there are four of them now. Right? So- <laughs> well, it's kind of an interesting thing. So your brother is also gay.
1: My twin brother is yeah. also gay. Yes. And who came out first? I came out first. My so he
0: beat you out of the shoot. He beat me born. out of the shoot, and then I beat him out of the closet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Are you in touch with him still? Oh, yeah. He now lives in
1: Los Angeles as well. He lived in New York for... Most of our adult life. And then I moved back to San Francisco in 2015 to take a job at UC Berkeley. And right around the same time, he had met somebody and got into a relationship with somebody in San Francisco and moved at that time. So we got to spend a lot of time together on his visits to San Francisco. And then he moved to San Francisco right when I moved back to LA. In all honesty, did not last in San Francisco when I moved back for very long. It was just a a completely different city in 2015 than it was when I had lived there in the 90s. But during the pandemic that his relationship ended and he made a transition to Los Angeles. So we overlapped in the same city since the first time we probably, probably since, yeah, since the first time we had lived together in our childhood home for about a year. Until I moved here full time into my home here in, in the desert. And how
0: long have you been in Palm Springs?
1: I've been in Palm Springs since March of 2021. I closed on my house November 2020, and then moved
0: full time in March. Okay. So you're a newbie. I'm still, I'm still pretty new. A yeah. newbie. So what have you done with yourself? Talk about some of your story here. I started in my undergraduate. Career
1: and acting conservatory within you know I'd been single minded for so long throughout high school and then those first two years in a conservatory there's just no time to explore other interests and then by my junior year of college discovered that I did have other interests I wanted to explore my interests were always either performing or they or they were in a category that I call psychology Transformation, spiritual kinds of work, very, very progressive sort of work. But also, I met a boyfriend at the time who awakened the activist in me, and I got very involved in HIV work and queer activism work and ended up doing HIV prevention as my first job out of college. Then I met the Radical Fairies, which I consider to be my first sp- real spiritual awakening. Went back to Philadelphia, where I was living and working at the time, and wanted more of the spiritual work. And- How,
0: I, I, how, how would you define Radical Fairies? Because not everyone listening is gonna be familiar.
1: I would define Radical Fairies as a, a movement, if you will, that began, that was first called by Don Kilhefner, who's a young Ian analyst in LA, who I got to meet. Uh, and spend some time with in therapy. And oh my goodness, Harry Hay, who almost, God, one of our, you know, our real gay forefathers, whose name I almost lost, the Radical Fairies, they called the first Radical Fairy gathering. And what that was, was a call of queer counterculture and, frankly, what I call, you know, we, uh, paganism. So getting back to the earth, getting back to the land, queer counterculture things like that that's who the radical I, I would say the radical fairies are so running through the woods
0: with running flowers, through the flowers woods. in your hair absolutely right? and it would do me no good because i'm bald so lots but of gay I, hippies I, I with the did, fairies. Uh, i did go to one radical fairy thing years ago in um i think it was brighton bush oregon yeah and that, that was pretty fun it was pretty interesting i got
1: to go to the first i don't know if it was the first but it's Really, probably the most well-known on, on the planet sanctuary is the Short Mountain Sanctuary is called in Tennessee, where they're real sort of, quote-unquote, if they have a headquarters, that's where it would be, where there's you know no electricity, nothing. Wow. Up, you know, they live, they really live off the land there.
0: It's beautiful. Well, Brighton Bush has natural hot springs, so it's really cool. Oh, there. wow. That's yeah, fantastic. That's, that's very cool. Yeah. Unfortunately, most of it burned down during one of the fires, I think, last year so. Oh, wow. But, that's and then sad. my other familiarity with uh radical fairies was i i as a photographer i did their one of their magazine covers once so that yes. was a, that was a wild cover <laughs> and you, tell me the name of that i forgot the name of that again um R-RFD. rfd rfd radical, it radical Furies, fairy diary Di- digest like, i think digest, it is okay. my, there's diary uh, digest i'm pretty sure all right so you started on your spiritual path
1: really started. although i consider studying acting a very spiritual work. It's very, you know, at least what I was doing, which was sort of very method oriented is all about going inward to identify who you are, who your authentic self is and how you bring that into the context of a, of a, of a circumstance or role in a, in a play or whatever you're working right. on. But yes, Radical fairies was the big one. And when I got back to Philly, I wanted to, to, to find more of that kind of work, not as a, as my, the work that I was doing, but more of the work that more of my own transformational work. Right. So I found something called conscious breath, or at the time that what was known as rebirthing. And that is just a huge, another huge awakening, just incredible connection with spirit and the divine. And it's the most, for me, it's been one of the most direct ways to make that connection. And through
0: that. So the breathing actually uh, is an energetic thing, right?
1: It's an energetic thing. As you breathe, it's hyperoxygenating, you awaken yourself on an energetic level. It's the first time and the only time really that I would say I've, and this is going to, this might be out there for some people that I, (laughs) you know, I knew I was a particles moving in space. Let's say I was, I was, that's what we are.
0: All, All we are is energy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, another huge awakening. And that's sort of what, made me realize that I was not wanting to be in a full time job in graduate school at that time. I was like, "Oh my god! I had there's no, there's a whole world out there." And I was I had been accepted to grad school at, at the time, but I moved to San Francisco. Oh. Go, go back.
0: Don't let's let's go back to that breathing thing. So, what happened actually? Can you talk a little bit more about it? What did you experience? Gosh, well, you know, I experienced you know in the
1: early sessions that I had, I experienced some trauma. I, I realized that there are some things that needed to be healed. And it goes all the way back to, I mean, this is going to sound really out there, but it goes all the way back to the birth canal and being left. And realized- oh, and your brother exited and you did Yeah. Didn't? I remember okay, being wow. in a dark space with a light, with a, with a very small light at the end and feeling like I was being, I was being Abandoned. left. Abandoned. Yeah. And I had to process that and I did you know, began the work of healing, the, you know, the relationship that I had with my brother. We all, you know, not that there was any major issues, but we all have our stuff. Right. So really began to bring that into consciousness and to resolve whatever I needed to resolve there. And just, now go. was
0: he on the same page with us or did you have to do all the work yourself? But
1: he's on the same page when the idea that there was certainly some issues growing up, as right. you can imagine twins sharing in the same room and as, as children might have. Right. <laughs> um, yeah but I definitely continue took
0: your toy truck, right? yeah, yeah, but I, I
1: continue you know one of the one of the things that I continue to carry with me from that is this idea that I need my space, absolutely need my space. I live alone right now and I've lived alone, lived always lived alone in l a
0: and yeah, I just that's hard for me to live. With. Uh, have you had partners? <laughs> yes, yeah, but you don't live together
1: typically not typically not. We cohabitate in many ways, but right. I've always had my own place. You can send them home. Yeah. <laughs> I can <laughs> shut my door at some point.
0: It's like grandkids.
1: Okay, I'm done. Go. That process got me really clear that I, w- I moved to San Francisco and was sort of, you know, not wanting to be in full-time work at the time. I trained as a massage therapist at that time, but building that business and in- Frankly, in San Francisco, required crossing boundaries that I did not want to cross. I have no so they, judgment. They wanted a d- little more than a
0: massage. <laughs> yeah.
1: A little, people wanted little a little more than a massage. Right. I have no judgments on it and no judgments about people who deliver that as part of their profession. But it's not its not a boundary I wanted to cross. And so that right. was not working. And then I ended up moving into a corporate life and doing a uh, starting my recruiting career
0: and my search work. So radical fairies to come. To, to recruiting. recruiting. To
1: corporate time. Huh. Corporate, <laughs>
0: yes. corporate recruiting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Talk about that. Well, I kind of, at this point, I would
1: say that a lot of people, or a lot, you know, there are people out there for whom recruiting has evolved and they choose it as a career. At the time that I started recruiting, it was something that many people would often say, including myself, I fell into it. And I did. I left a, a receptionist job, actually, at the time of part time work and looking at job boards and Way there was a time when I was looking for temp work and sitting. I remember sitting in an office of a temp agency and thinking, "Wow, how cool would it be to spend your day helping people find work?" That was long before I ever knew I was going to be a recruiter, and it was in. But it was in San Francisco, and then I I fell into the work. I started working on the agency side at Apple One, which is a large temp employment agency, well known. And then I uh, moved to LA and began in-house work in the entertainment industry. I've worked at many of the studios and then was fortunate enough to, in 2007, and to really begin to take on, continue to take on my spiritual work and realizing that I wanted to be more of a leader in that world. And so I went to graduate school and got a master's degree at a university called University of Santa Monica, where they only taught something called spiritual psychology. So, I have an MA in spiritual psychology and began to build my coaching business and then really began to align my recruiting business with more mission-driven, purpose-driven, non-profit types of organizations. Right. So, you melded the two. Into it. I was yeah. able to meld the two, yeah. yeah. I mean, my original goal, once I when I left the conserva- acting conservatory and became an activist, I was going to go get an MSW and I was accepted to an MSW program, which is a master's degree in social work. And then a decade later, realized that I was doing recruiting in organizations where I would have been working as a social worker. So hmm. yes, those two lot those two worlds
0: crossed in that way. And you're doing that now?
1: I am doing that now. I do executive search. I do career coaching. A lot of recruiting turned into executive search work about a little over a decade ago. And all of that has been either in higher education, nonprofit mission-driven kinds of organizations. I I co-implemented the first executive search function for University of Southern California. I built and implemented it at UC Berkeley. I've done it in some nonprofit healthcare organizations. And now I'm starting to go down the entrepreneurial path and build my own Search business. I was uh, going to
0: say, do you work for a company or do you? do your I'm own looking.
1: Thing? I'm really looking at at melding all of these worlds together, and part of that includes
0: working for myself at this cool. point. So, but currently, that that's on the planning stage, right? Uh, I just signed. I just got my first contract signed. Oh, did you? So, yeah. So, are you still with a bigger company now, or yourself doing I that? I work for an
1: agency, but I'm not.
0: I don't want to go too into that. Right. Ag- right. So that's going to be in your past. Yes, okay. it is.
1: Um. Yeah, so that's all coming together. And I'm also looking at taking my career coaching and coaching work out of the shadows. It's kind of been in the background and putting that back in the forefront along with building this executive search business. And since I moved to the desert a year and a half ago, really, really haven't stopped performing. So that as well. Talk about that. Well, initially, I met... A friend on Facebook who invited me to the roost. He was like, every every Tuesday night they do karaoke. We a bunch of us get together for dinner and we we sing karaoke. And at first I didn't go because it was still very much the height of the pandemic. And when I did go, the very first night had a couple drinks, um, and within a very short period of time, I was on stage singing, and it and I completely uh, relit that spark. Um, and people were very pleased and acknowledging I was like oh my goodness and didn't realize that this friend that invited me was also on the board of one of our local gay men's courses called modern men and so I beat I, I auditioned for them and sang in their fall concert 2021 20, which was a full brand new commission and then I was also invited to take a baritone role in a smaller 16 men's ensemble called Accabello, and I performed in their last two shows and we're about to do our third show. The last show we did was a Steven Sondheim tribute at Coachella Valley Rep. And we're now doing in October, the weekend of October 7th, we'll be doing a James Bond tribute. It's the 60th anniversary of James Bond. When the great oh, really? thing about that music is it crosses so many decades at this point. Right. It's like completely from now back to the 60s when they started. We'll be we'll be covering
0: all of those decades in some way. And you said you were in some kind of opera. Like, yes. What's that
1: And old? I've... <laughs> Been studying voice with Doug Nagel and this Tiger Bear Productions is the production company putting on the West Coast premiere of an opera called Unbound. They approached him looking for people to, you know, for auditions. And he submitted me for this role and I landed a lead role in this one act chamber opera called Unbound, which is an incredibly unique, innovative, progressive story and opera it's uh, i'm really excited to be a part of it because of you know part largely because of how unique and new it
0: is it, this is the well, best- i interviewed someone else recently that i think is involved in that yes. you said it was kind of kinky
1: oh yeah <laughs> it takes place in the sex club in stockholm um uh, the role that i play he's he's looking to, you know he's had these fantasies for a really long time that have been um, un, unexplored and he goes to this sex club in Stockholm to see if he can live out a fantasy and, and that's what he does and he meets a couple of guys along the way that it doesn't work out with for one reason or another including things like consent um, and then he meets a guy that he can really does make a connection with who offers him this experience and he goes through with it. And, and the beautiful thing is that, yes, it's very much about, it very much takes place in a sex club and it's very suggestive and sensual. It's an erotic, but not sexual. So yeah, on the, I would say on the surface level, that's the story, but it's so much more than that. It's I mean, my character is a person looking to, explore something that he's had in 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 the shadow for a long time and bring that into the light and he does and the great beautiful thing about this this production is that that's what that is what it does it shows you that this does not have to exist in the dark it can be in the light and it can be a transformative even if from you know from where I'm coming from the
0: role of spiritual experience Well, sex club and opera that's kind of a nice combo yeah it's pretty amazing very it's very <laughs> not something you'd really very unique. be looking for and yeah. I won't get too
1: much too much more into it, but right. you know, imagine hearing the kind of music you might hear in a sex club with opera wow. sung all over that. It's pretty, <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting and exciting. Well, I've never been to a sex club, so I don't know, but I'll take your word for it. I don't any, I don't anymore. This is the first sex club I will have been to oh, really? <laughs> in this show wow. in many, many years. Wow. Privacy of my own home is fine, but it's, yeah. What What else is on your agenda here? Oh my goodness, I'm <laughs> in this. Opera. I'm preparing with Acabello to do a show early October, and I just, as I mentioned, got this, you know, first contract signed for two executive level searches. That I'm doing, and I'm yeah, trying, yeah, 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 and, yeah. and I'm what? trying,
0: and I'm trying to get to the gym twice a day. I don't okay, well, think yeah, there's but r- what else. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty busy to me. So we were talking about, talk a little about personal growth, your journey on that.
1: Gosh. Okay, so we talked about Radical Fairies and we talked about the conscious breath work and my massage therapy work and my my spiritual psychology master's degree. And the beautiful thing about the spiritual psychology degree and the work in that program is that... It's not, although although people go into it as a profession, they don't certify psychologists. But you can take that, and people have gone on to get their MFT and combine those. The work really is about your own process and your own your own working your own and working your own process. And we we all supported each other. So the training was basically us working with other students who were also doing the work. Um, and it, it, you know, there's so much that went on in that program. I, I, I can. Com- In my second year of that program, I completely resolved and healed my relationship with my father. Uh, And and they actually call it, it's a relationship project. It's one of the big projects of your second year. And typically when they make the assignment, the first thing they say is the person that you just thought you could never do is the person that you should probably do. Oh, really? Yes.
0: And did you think of him
1: when they said that? I don't know. I may have thought of him after they said that. Okay. All right. But I did. And what's uncanny about it is that I did not know at the time that I had decided that I was going to do the work on healing this relationship that he had been diagnosed with liver cancer and only had a short period of time left. And And he literally had the time that I worked on resolving and healing this relationship and moving into a space of love with my dad and embracing him as my father, perhaps for the first time during that whole time, he was struggling you know, going through this cancer challenge and, and that was it. And then he was gone right
0: at us, right, right when I got to that place of, Oh, this is complete. Bam. Wow. He exited the planet. So did you have contact with him? You're, you said your mother locked him out or changed the locks when you were <laughs> six or seven. Did you, were you in contact growing up? Or it was, was a it? bit of an estranged relationship growing up, frankly. Okay. Um, um But you knew where he was and you, I, I knew where he was. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, you were in, in person, doing the healing with him, then it wasn't all no, internal. No, it was all internal. He wasn't living
1: in Florida at the time, and I was in Los Angeles. No, it was not all internal. It was. was that a- Did you meet him at all, or was it? I all- had decided that I was going to visit him, not knowing that that was going to be his funeral. Oh, that. So he was gone when you yep. visited. Wow. Yeah, pretty amazing. Wow. Pretty transformative. Was there actually. any verbal communication? Yes, or? there was over the phone. Okay, so you did that. Yeah. Okay. And I had said to a friend, you know, in the work that we did within the classroom setting, uh, a friend, uh, a fr- not uh, not really a friend per se, but a colleague in the in the program asked me what I would have wanted to hear from my father if I do go visit him, because I was exploring that at the time. Right. And my answer was, I, I want him to say that he's, that he's proud of me. And the last phone conversation that I had with him, I let him know that I was completing this graduate program, Um, and that is, although it wasn't in the same room, it was it 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 was over the phone. He said exactly what I. Wow. What I had asked for, he said, I'm proud of you. That's very cool. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. It's, it's,
0: wow. it's spirit is, is wild sometimes. <laughs> now did your, was your brother, the twin brother, was he involved in any of that as well? Or would you just do all this on your own? It's between you and your No, father. I really did all of it. on. It was really between okay. me and him. What's your relationship with your older brother?
1: good good he's been he's lived in philly still does still has a home there although he is transitioning to the San Francisco area as well uh I don't talk as much with my brothers as I might like it's not like that, but it's also but we're very connected I really feel like you know we have a familial bond regardless of how much we see or talk to each other that's how I, it's 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 cool. it's something that i have um that I have faith in whenever when we do see each other
0: it's very loving and supportive and right. yeah now he's straight, right? He's the is. older one. Yeah, but he's moving to San Francisco. Maybe he's on his way. Well, no, he's not. But he's not
1: moving to San Francisco just for the hell of it. He's moving
0: I know, he's he's, for a job he's, or he's something. Been, he's he's been working with uh, an old friend of his that we
1: were all friends growing up, and oh, he, cool. This friend has a uh, a boutique financial services firm where he's the operations executive.
0: So you've had a very circuitous life, yes, down many paths. <laughs> yeah, it's what, pretty. What are? Tell me three things, main things you've learned. Oh gosh! I've learned to be grateful. Grateful one, and don't just give me a word. Tell me a little about it.
1: Well, I practice gratitude every day. The first thing I do be when I when my alarm goes off is remind myself to think of five things that I'm grateful for, and then uh, when I go to bed, I remind myself. uh, I do a review. I try to. I try to. Most of the time, it's not every night. Sometimes I go to bed. Right. (laughs) But when I go to bed, my my typical practice is to uh, review the day and, and think and and look at what occurred and identify the thing that I'm most grateful for that occurred during the course of the day. And I believe that you know one of the ways that we create. More of what we want is to be grateful for what we have. True. So, number, number, number one. That's number one. <laughs> <laughs> number two. You know, it's funny. On Facebook, just before we started this conversation, a friend of mine who had been in my graduate program posted something. She posted a, a question asking, how do you define strength? And I answered with three, three words. I said, resilience courage and acceptance. So I think the second thing I would add is courage. It's courage. And and what I mean by courage is that old Mark Twain definition, which is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Although that's not his, his definition is more like, and I don't know if I'm going to get this word for word, but it's more like courage is not the absence of fear. It's the presence of fear and moving forward regardless. And so courage is uh, certainly a word that's particularly been present for me even more lately with, frankly, this opera, for instance, and being, having, playing the lead in this role is definitely going to take courage. And then the third thing I would say is, um, gosh, just three? (laughs) 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 Well, I almost said acceptance, but then what I really want to, I think what I really want to say is, you know, my mom died when I was 31, Uh, very blessed to have, you know, an unconditionally loving mother who... Asked me if I was gay, for instance, because she she had already accepted it, which is interesting because what I I wanted to say acceptance, but I also want to say is unconditional loving. And as I tell that story, I realize that she demonstrated acceptance way back when I had no idea at the time. But as I say it now, I'm realizing she right yeah, she demonstrated acceptance. She taught me unconditional loving and non judgment, non judgment, and yeah, she taught me that, for instance, you know, the color of a person's skin has nothing to do with who they are, that kind of thing. Although. That isn't true. It trivializes race. Race is a real thing. And people have their own cultural experiences through race, but it doesn't... You, I think you understand what right. I'm saying. Anything you want to add? Gosh, you just you just stumped me right there. Is there anything I want to add? <laughs> you said a
0: lot. I did. Those three things were really good. Because uh, I, I normally say at the end of a podcast, I say, is there anything you want to share with anybody that you've learned? But I think you've given them three things, but it... I also want to give you the opportunity, if you want to add anything, of course, when you drive away, you're going to, get, you're going to go,
1: Oh, oh of course I, I want to say that. Da,
0: da, da. Yeah. Well, of, of course, of course, because <laughs> I've heard back from people saying, Oh, I should have said this. or yeah. I should have said that."
1: Let me, well, that's a good, then that's a good question. Let me just do a quick review here.
0: There's not a whole lot. I want to add. There's not a whole lot. I want to add. That was very succinct and good stuff. You had, you did on your three things. I like those. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's very good. Well, thank you for coming in, sir. You are welcome. I I definitely appreciate this opportunity. And you're welcome. And by the way, I will, whatever links you want for your different ventures, we'll put that in the episode notes. That would be fantastic. So people can find you or ask you questions. If you want to get the questions, I don't know. (laughs) Oh, sure. Sure. But uh, anything you want in there will be. Sure. So thanks again for coming in. Great. Thank you. Take care.